You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and The Fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all all cuts and trims are by appointment only. So head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. And we thank them for supporting the podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince in the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at The Dugout Brand. Follow the link on their Etsy shop and use your promo code FOUNDATION for 15% off your entire order. The Dugout, custom quality apparel at an affordable price. world welcome to foundation radio my name is adam barnard thank you so much for joining us again today on this lovely program i am joined again today by the executive voice of the show mr sam kreps how are you sir you look thrilled and excited with your double headphones yeah yeah i had to uh i've got a pair of apple earbuds from my iphone 5 plugged into my not to get overly technical but i'm wearing them underneath another pair of headphones so that we can do what we're about to do yet again. And that <laughs> yes. is Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. That is correct. That is episode correct. Episode three. Episode three of uh, my, one of my favorite segments on the show. Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. Uh, today we are watching the ill-fated kennel from hell match. This match took place at the Unforgiven pay-per-view in, on September 26, 1999 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Do you know anything at all about this match other than the couple of seconds you watched in the beginning of the Peacock app just now while we were getting set up. I know that Kennel from Hell sounds a lot like Fennel Hellmen, Blake Oakfield's <laughs> rival gang um, for the Mucka Mad Boys, um, <laughs> which isn't <laughs> anything to do with wrestling. 
It's dogs, right? There's something with dogs. dogs. Yeah. So, so this match is between Al Snow and the big boss man. And the background of the story is the hardcore championship, which was uh, introduced sometime around 98, uh, which is a reaction to the ECW uh, timeline. Al Snow and Obviously. Big Al Snow and Big Boss Man are fighting over this title. Somehow Al Snow's dog Pepper gets involved and there is an angle where Big Boss Man feeds Al Snow Pepper cooked. And that's how the Kennel from Hell match is developed. The Kennel okay, from Hell so match. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say that we're then I think of the wrestlers I've watched so far, at least knowing who they are, we're now batting five for six. <laughs> I know do. who the big boss man is. I don't know. Al Snow. Yes. Al that could Sn- be like the IT guy over uh, in the <laughs> office next to mine. As far as I'm concerned, that is the lamest of all the wrestling names I've heard so far. <laughs> Al Snow is no, actually, I'm sure he's a great wrestler, but I like, was just going to say Al Snow is a legend um, as far as the ECW world and also in WWE, WWF previous to that. Uh, his big gimmick was walking around with a mannequin head and it was called head and he would shake it at the crowd and everyone would chant head, head, head. He would give the crowd head. He would. Yeah. And that's what they wanted. What he would yell. What head, does everyone want? And head. head and he gave them head. Al Snow is also uh, famous here all night. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitress. Al Snow is also famous for having his action figure pulled from Walmart because of the fake head insinuating fellatio. Uh, so, yeah, Al Snow is a very, very popular, very over wrestler at the time. Gets put into this feud with the big boss man, who obviously is a, a legend inside the world. Both of these guys are very much, you know, legendary is in what they do. Uh, but this match, man, uh, this is fucking terrible there is absolutely no other way to put uh put this into context they are inside a hell in a cell are you familiar with the concept of hell in a cell i know that it rhymes and i know that i've heard you talk about them previously is it kind of like a cage thing yes so it is a steel cage except it doesn't so that go ahead cage match yeah so it's a cage match but it's crazier than a cage match right so in a typical like um historical cage match it was a blue cage that each four of the parts sat on the actual ring apron and the goal was to get out of the door and get out of the ring or climb over the top of the cage before your opponent does and you would win the concept of the hell in a cell match was that you are stuck inside this cage it is uh surrounding the ring completely onto the ring apron there's no escape from it supposedly and then you are basically stuck in there the most famous one that you probably see a lot is the match between The Undertaker and Mankind. When Mankind goes off the top of the cage, it's in almost all the promo videos that they do. It's arguably one of the most famous clips from professional wrestling of all time. It's just him being launched, rather, Mankind being thrown off the top of the cage by The Undertaker through the Spanish announce table. Now, this is um, assuming that I know anything, which right. is so generous. This, anyone who part. is listening to the show will know who <laughs> is watched maybe any any wrestling. Uh, you'll know it when you see it. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable spot. It's absolutely incredible. Sure and he's lucky. I've probably seen it. It's um, just not. Uh, it, it's you're talking all- to somebody who iconic is like baseball clips that I've watched <laughs> and stuff like that. So and memorable uh, is like Kirk Gibson hitting a home run. And I can't believe what I just saw. But so, unfortunately, not in my arsenal is these amazing wrestling clips other than uh, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. OK, so let me put it into context. That's like the only wrestling thing that I know. <laughs> so let me put it into context for you. The Mick Foley mankind clip where he's falling off the top of the cage would be equivalent to 
the clip where um, Mark McGuire breaks the the home run record on sixty one. Yes, that would be what that would be equivalent to. Right. So um, it's a well. I was going to say, so it's a mediocre home run that barely squeaks over left field and then he misses first base because he's so excited. Uh, pretty much. But I mean, it's not it, it's mediocre in the sense that the dude almost fucking dies and it's crazy okay. to watch. But it's it's notable. It's extremely notable. And it was a product of its time. Um, Joe Buck's like, whoa, mankind, don't forget to hit him. <laughs> and then now. he shits he shits on the eagles for a little bit and then we're done uh as far as uh unforgiven 99 goes this wasn't a very memorable pay-per-view it's not one that i really remember from the time we're smack dab in the middle of the attitude era which is the big war monday night war and all this stuff is going on between wwe and, and wcw uh dave Meltzer in the observer rated this match negative three stars and it is considered one of the worst wrestling matches of all time Remind me what his scale is again that he got to negative three. So it's basically five to negative five and negative five okay. would be considered Hogan warrior two. That was a negative okay. five star match. Now I, I would agree in fairness. Dave Meltzer is not the person you really want to be listening to, but a lot of people in the wrestling world listen to and read the wrestling observer. So I like to put a little bit of context on this for people who are listening oh, who may not know, but I'm I'm sure he does just fine journalism. I have nothing against the man. I just I think there's some Freudian things that can be looked into as far as why he chooses to go from negative five to five instead of from zero to ten. That could be a better way to do it. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's just not able to commit to uh, being uh, being that positive. And, you know, it's it's weird because every Kenny Omega match is always moving up the stars. He's given Kenny Omega match sixes and seven stars. And it's like if you're going to keep pushing the stars and the five star is supposed oh, so to be the top elite thing. Five is the best. And he gives out a seven. He gives out a seven star match. And it's like it doesn't make any fucking 110 <laughs> percent. It literally makes no fucking sense. So if you're I mean, watching mathematically, it could. But I mean, you can't yeah. actually do that. But I think you just shoot yourself in the foot with trying to be, uh, you know, set this standard. Right. Anyway, if you're going to watch along with us, if you're stateside, you want to pull up your Peacock app and you want to go to WWE. The easiest way to search this is just go to the search bar, type in Unforgiven in the search bar. You're going to look for season two, season two, which is 1999. You're going to click on that. You're going to let it roll and you're going to get squared up where we are at one hour, 25 minutes and 54 seconds. If you're international for now, you can still use the WWE network. You're going to go to your pay-per-view section. You're going to find WWE. You'll find Unforgiven and you'll find 1999 and follow the same steps. Sam, are you ready to watch some really bad wrestling poorly? Usually. <laughs> I'm going to let you count down here when you're ready and we'll hit play. All right. Now we want to go three, two, one, go. Do we want to go one, two, three, go? Do I we want to we go should... on three. Well, let's go on three. <laughs> okay. So we'll go on one, two, three. And we're playing. I'll tell you what, Kane. Here, here come the, the annals. Here. <laughs> the hell in the cell. I'm commenting on the announcers as the cage. So I'm seeing a big old fence coming yes. down. This this cage is aggressively bad. This was well, probably is the, the cage itself bad. So it's not bad as far as like like the way it's designed. I see their like regular old cage there. Is that what I'm seeing? So there's uh yeah. So what they're doing is they're installing additional spots inside of the cage uh, to keep the wrestlers away from the, the dogs. 
because oh, the, okay. the so ring is right. about to be. We right. barely even talked about the fact that there's dogs. So. Yes, there are going to be dogs separated inside this cage. Yeah, so I can't hate on the fence. I mean, if I was at this watching this in person, I'd at least be excited, especially because when this happened, I was like 10. I'd have probably oh, been scared right. at that point. <laughs> this was 1999, so that would make me 14, I believe. I had just turned yeah. 14. So they're blocking in the wrestlers in the ring because of the dogs that are going to be surrounding the ring momentarily as they build this cage. So there it is. There's Al Snow. Why has he got written on his head? (laughs) So if you look at it backwards, it says, help me. Uh, And that's Uh, what the top of the head says as well. Oh, thanks to his bangs, it says. (laughs) (laughs) Tough words, man. Say said the bitch word there. Yeah, this was a time where they cussed a lot on TV. Not like crazy, but they pushed a lot of limits on this. Uh, I so. understand that was part of the attitude era. Yes. Here it goes. It's, what it's does everybody too, want? Uh, cussing. Here he goes. What does everybody need? Head. There he is. You hear the crowd, dude? That shit was fucking over, man. Yeah. Shit was over. That's a term that no one else says other than wrestling fans is over. Yes. It's something I've learned. It is a gimmick. It is when your gimmick is over, when your character is over with the crowd. Like winning them over. Correct. That is correct. Slang. Okay. Look look at you, Sam. You're learning stuff, man. I am. I am all sorts of learning. There is the hardcore title, which is the original WWF championship used to be it's known to most fans as the winged eagle belt. It's synonymous okay. with Hulk Hogan's uh, run during the uh, early 90s, late 80s, as well as Macho Man. And all they okay. did with that belt is take a hammer, smash that fucker up and retape it back to the belt and the leather strap. Oh. Big Here comes Big Boss Man, who looks more like a tactical or a military paramilitary guy with the black. I was going to say days. I wouldn't yeah. go military, but I'd say he looks like a guy that Work, work, he works next to the Walmart, and <laughs> by work, guard. I mean he stands in his van and waits for uh, unsavory characters that he's profiled. Correct. That's more about what he looks like. More of a, a modern, scary No one asked him man. to, but he's got his taser with him. That's correct. It's a shame, man. He was actually supposed to be in a big feud with Steve Austin, and then Boss Man made some mistakes on live TV, and... They took it away from him, and he was going to be in the world title picture. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. I always enjoyed his character, and I I enjoyed him during this time. I I I enjoyed how they reinvented him, but I uh, I did not enjoy this match, man. Like not at all. He's got his fishing vest on today too. (laughs) I wonder how much mace he's got in there. Because like this is 1999. That's not a Kevlar vest. That wasn't like a thing. (laughs) No, he's just got a fishing vest on, pretty much. Yeah. It's just it's just a lot of pockets and a lot of hooks and nothing in there except for the nightstick. They kept the nightstick, which is one thing that he had been doing. Yeah. But now he's you know, now he's not doing anything else. So I'm at least sort of familiar with who he is. So yeah, I, I've got that going for me. He used to be in the, the actual blue jumpsuit, you know, the blue shirt yeah. and the striped no, pants. I, I definitely remember yeah. him. Not yeah, he was, that I watched much, but I know of him. Yeah. He, so I, I, mean, I still don't know if I'm, I'm clear here. They are going to be in the blue part. Correct. Where the ring is, and there's going to be dogs outside. That is correct. So they'll be inside What's of that blue cage. What's the point of the dogs, then? So the dogs are supposed to represent Pepper, Al Snow's dog, who was killed and cooked and fed to Al Snow by the big boss man. Right. Okay. So it's just a gimmick. 
So what you need to understand about some of this stuff, too, is there's a guy named Vince Russo who came up with a lot of ridiculous and stupid fucking ideas in wrestling, one of which okay. is is uh, having the idea to put dogs around the ring. Okay? Yeah. So now this match, we're going to go about 11 minutes and 52 seconds. No, I'm sorry, 11 minutes and 50, 42 seconds on this match. So, so anything goes. Another thing I'm noticing right away. Yeah. Who's who can even see this right now in the audience that's there watching this? <laughs> that was sort like, of always they're the... down in the corner behind two fences. Yeah. That's now they're the... playing a game of uh, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. I locked you in the cage. Now here come the Rottweilers and the dogs. So basically the idea is Look these guys the are going to be on that son of a gun. These guys are going to be attacked by dogs if they get outside of the ring. Right. Now, Al because, Snow is... Uh, apparently, PETA hadn't watched wrestling yet. Right. Yeah, they weren't aware of this. <laughs> so this is... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch. Like, if you're like if you're inside the, the stadium or you're inside of the arena watching this from the crowd, both sets like, of cages... From make the it broadcast f- angle right now, you can barely see the boss, man. Uh, yeah. And there's like 85 people walking around with... Like, because typically on TV, they can get out of the way with the cameras and stuff, but like... All the cameramen are like in the fencing with them right now. So there's like, yeah, it's like watching people walk through like an and alley. There's the dogs. Here we go. The dogs are and already the dogs starting. The dogs all are... have their handlers and the dogs pissing all over the cage already. There are literally. So let me get. Is this the only time this happened? This is the only or... time this match has happened. Correct. Like the dog thing. Correct. This okay. is the one time only. Now, the dogs, I want you to also, you missed, I don't know if you missed that part, but the dogs are also attacking the cameramen and the other trainers inside of the ring. Inside of the, That's what I was, I was thinking. Yeah. It's like, there's got to be 30 people Correct. just standing around in there right now. This is now not, they're, now they're at the top so of the cage. So we're watching Boss Man and Al Snow up in the corner. It's novel that they're climbing on this cage. But Correct. And now he's climbing over for some reason. And I'm not sure why, but it doesn't seem like anybody has any clue what's supposed to happen here. Right. It just that seems to be a lot of what Vince Russo's booking was like. Some of Vince Russo's other classic matches include Judy Bagwell on a pole match, which is going to be another one that we watch at some point. Um, He just had a Vince Russo's booking was a lot like shock TV. It was a lot of like the Springer idea, like. Like more we of just tell them what's going to happen and see what like heavy, is. Yeah, like heavy swerves, right? Like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you would have this insane swerve in a storyline, and that didn't make any sense. And you're yeah. like, well, what the fuck did I invest all this time but for in this, Al this story? Now Al is just up on the fence, kind of Spider-Man style. Correct. Now he's swinging from the top, right? So and this is getting like they're they're just now like. One thing they have yet to do is actually get in the ring. Correct. Most of these types of matches. Now, this isn't necessarily considered an actual hell in a cell match because of the stipulation and also because it's really bad. Uh, Mm. But there really isn't like there really isn't a bunch of storyline behind this. It just was kind of a silly storyline to put these guys into. Yeah. And it just it it didn't work at all. Now they're finally in in the background. Just sort of eyeing it up in their their uh, fitteds. Now you can very, hear uh, if you hear the crowd. Fred Durst esque. Yeah, I was well. That's the time. 
Yeah, you say you you've been there. <laughs> I well, yeah, I, there are pictures to prove it out there, folks. Now these dogs are fighting with each other. The dogs are just like making a lot of noise and barking at each other. Clearly, they're all familiar with each other and trained for this process. Well, that's the thing. Al Snow has said in interviews that uh, his one stipulation about this is that they get trained animals. These dogs are not trained. They are not show dogs. They are just dogs that they found, that Vince Russo found. Well, and they don't even look like they don't look like they're set. Like the one part I really don't understand about this is let's say a dog actually rips into one of them. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Now, if you notice, it sort of goes against everything I've seen that's considered bad, even when they get actually really hurt. Now, if you notice, most of the footage right now is just on Al Snow and the big boss man. Mm -hmm. And the reason I haven't is, really seen much of the dogs. There's a reason for that, because all the dogs are pissing and shitting and humping each other around the ring. <laughs> that's all they're doing the entire time. And people are like, what the hell is going on right now? And for some reason, there's like a shovel or something. Well, this is also a hardcore match. So the hardcore stipulations are anything goes. So a lot of the hardcore match, they call it like Gaga, right? It's uh -huh. a lot of like pie pans and shovels and toolboxes. And like, it's just it's just all kinds of like goofy all shit the that they do. you naturally bring with you to a wrestling match. And that are under the ring, surprisingly. Yeah. Oh, like here, Dang. you never know where you're going to need a fucking oh, cookie pan, you know? goodness, I left my pie pan under or, here. Or a trash can or a stop or sign. Yeah. Snow shovel. Yep. I'm hearing an asshole that, chant. That are is we correct. In Philadelphia. No, we are actually in Charlotte, North Carolina, but oh, right, be surprised. Yeah. Now they're ripping open the top of the cage for some reason. Uh, this match is not over at all, and he just got hit with some sort of wooden weapon. Uh, I'll say a piece of salami of some sort. That's what they called a gimmicked bat. You can see it's hollow on yeah. the inside. They Boston. are. The, the crowd has completely lost its wind right now uh, so you can typically tell kind of like some of the other things i've seen they just sort of sound like they're all sitting around chatting waiting it's like when it's like when rush announces they're going to play a new song <laughs> yeah. at a concert or yes. like you know like the who or one of them it's like oh we're, here's a new one and everyone's just kind of like oh well i guess we'll go get a beer now or something now they just, just threw uh Threw a, some some rosin bag in his face. Now it's uh, oh Jesus Christ! Fluorescent light bulb or something. That's a stick. Now think, he's open. That looks uh, like okay. either the what they call. So there's two ways to do it. You can either do something called blading, which a lot of these guys take like an actual razor blade, like Hogan and a lot of those older guys used to take a razor blade and cut their forehead, mm -hmm. and then they would bleed. Or you get something called the hard way. Which is literally getting hit in the head with something and splitting your head open, which right. appears to the have happened way, to both of them. Right, might, uh, right. Call it. The crowd is booing this and heckling I'm them hearing, pretty good. If I'm hearing correctly, they're making reference to needing a pooper scooper. <laughs> Correct, and that's because the dogs are shitting around the ring at this time. I'm sure the people that paid the most money to see this fight, or this yeah. whole, the whole. Uh, uh, this whole show are loving the fact that it probably smells terrible yes. at their seats now too. <laughs> and to keep in mind too, there's two additional matches after this too. 
Like there's okay. X-Pac fights Chris Jericho, and then there's a six-man, what they called a six-pack challenge for the WWE Championship. Um, mm-hmm. So there's dog shit all over the ring, and now these dogs are humping each other, and they're fighting. Right. When, like, the people that are handling the dogs don't seem to have any concept of the fact that, like, they should probably be responsible for something. Right. Like, they're kind of just standing there. Everyone's booing. It's like two guys that are into it still like, yeah. This is just not. Those two guys are drunk. A Doberman, a Doberman pincher. A lot of these, this pay-per-view specifically. Just I'm, like, look, I'm looking at the match him with here. that shovel, like. That sounded real, but that first swing that he took was just like, uh. <laughs> I'm reading the match card here, and it's just full of gimmicks, right? Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of the nine matches in this pay-per-view have guest referees to to ref the match. It's just gimmick central. Like it's just it's too much gaga, it's too like, much shit. It's just so not it, it's typically just like a, a regular official, not like right. It would be a regular yeah. referee inside the ring. So there's or should be, I think, a referee inside the ring somewhere or outside. We're getting out the handcuffs. And I don't even know, to be honest, I'm not even sure if it was made clear how someone wins the match. I don't know if you have to escape the cage. Well, that, now that you mention it, there's no official in the cage. Right. And I don't know how that works. Uh, they never said anything on this one. Standard steel cage. Yeah, you had to escape the cage and the cell. So you had to get out of the cage and then the cell to win, which is why boss man cut the roof up. Okay. So now he's handcuffed and now he's trying to get off. The commentators also seem to have no clue how this works. Well, these commentators, so they're the the uh, nothing against them. They just seem as confused as everyone else. And that's the thing. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller are the guys that are calling the match. Okay, imagine trying to call something like this and not really even know what the fuck is going on. You know? Yeah. Or having really an idea. Al Snow is inexplicably out of the handcuffs. Correct. I guess he broke him, maybe. I see, like, he, something swinging from his wrist. Yeah, yeah. He probably pulled it. Yeah. The boss man just racked his nuts on the uh, rope. Crushed his testes. Yes. As is tradition. <laughs> As is tradition. So what do you think so far? Oh, he's oh. giving head. Um, there he is. This is the most chaotic of the three. I think this is probably closer to what I would say would be the epitome of bad wrestling. Yes. Like all the gimmick, because this is the kind of stuff I kind of remember from childhood when people were like, oh, you should watch pro wrestling. You didn't see as much in my recollection of like traditional professional wrestling as I might know it now. And, like, you know, develop stories. I'd see stuff like this. Like, these weird gimmicks. And, like, like there's even... I'm having a little bit of deja vu, even. Like, maybe I saw clips of this at a later time or something. Right. Not that I know that it would necessarily even re-air. But, like... So now, the one guy got out. And now he's out. And they tried to... Well, the other guy's like up on top of the cage, though. And he already got out. That's the end of the match. So wait, how? Do, I don't get why he won though. The other guy got out through the top because he didn't hit the he didn't climb down to the floor. Oh well, now we're getting real technical. 
so literally at no point did they interact with the dogs. Nope. They tried to play it up like he might be close to one of the dogs. Oh, so they're not allowing him to even get through. He's going to. He has to climb back through the ring. Be like, oh, whatever, bro. All right. They haven't now showed the, the dogs, dogs are... now. Finally, they're showing the dogs again. But there's dog shit and dog piss surrounding the ring. And now the dog is supposed to attack Big Boss Man. That's the story. The dog is supposed to come and attack Big Boss Man. And that clearly is not really set up to happen. No. Instead, he runs away like a scared hamster. They're like bringing what the dog every kid to him. wanted to see when they came to see their favorite pro wrestler is their pro wrestling. Oh my god, the, the heroes. The say that guy just like went completely onto his hands and knees. But uh, yeah, instead, all the kids that came to see their favorite wrestlers got to see them run away from dogs. That was the kennel from Hell match. Sam, how do you feel right now? That's the worst of the three I've seen. Really? Um, I mean. Hogan and Warrior is bad for its content. Like, it was just poorly executed. This, from, you know, from the windows to the wows, was this one just, it was so stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least with, you know, with Warrior Hogan, you could at least say, you know, here's, Here's the things that were at least somewhat redeemable that they were attempting to do with uh, what was the other one we watched the Saudi Arabia match that was Undertaker with, uh, and Goldberg. Undertaker and Goldberg. Yep. There were accidents in that one. That's a little different. Right. Um and I you know it, they, there were some poor choices there but I wouldn't say that that was nearly as poorly executed from the planning standpoint on this one. It was. It had to have been awful to experience in person. The it's it's like some. It reminds me of like somebody had this really awful idea, but they're like the nephew of the person who is calling. It's like not Vince McMahon, but like it's like someone who's like big up at WWE. It's like their nephew or their like their their daughter's boyfriend or something had some shitty idea yes. that they just pushed through to try and like just you know bring, give them come up and so to speak and <laughs> just nobody planned it it was like everyone else just oh that's a shitty idea I, I'm, we're not gonna help with that right and so just the day before it's like so did you guys find the dogs <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> that's honestly dude that's pretty much what happened i mean like i said al snow basically said that you know, he wanted to have trained dogs to make sure that there was someone there to 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 have some professionalism. And, and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the match, the match basically just fell apart and uh, you got that really shitty match. I have to agree, though. I got to say, like, I don't necessarily put Undertaker Goldberg in the worst matches ever. And I think it's just because both guys I don't know. if And, and they both talked about it. Like, I don't necessarily know that either of them had uh, all of their facilities with them because you got to remember you're in Saudi Arabia that it's 110 degrees a lot of variables just there. outside Goldberg knocked himself out right in the very beginning accidentally it was a whole thing but yeah um, you know this match particularly was just nothing good nothing memorable and uh, if you showed me this match as an introduction to pro wrestling and gave me no 
context, I would never watch wrestling again. <laughs> well, I'm glad we saved it uh, for episode three. I, mean, I, didn't want you to... I Obviously, I understand that it's not the right. status quo. But like if that were complete, if I were flying completely blind to the WWE, the WWF, any of it. Yeah, I and and I was left to assume this is a regular thing. I would I would never watch again. It's just that <laughs> dumb. Like it's it's basically just like here's 15 people walking around and these other two guys have a part of a shovel, I guess. <laughs> and like, here's a, a kendo stick or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. There's like there's no there's no like and obviously I know there was other parts to it. Like you said that uh the story is that the one dude fed the other dude's dog to him. But like there was no mic work anything like that even that sets it up they just kind of come out no and there's dogs right it's like well there's so there's a big cage well that's exciting are they gonna they're gonna set up any kind of story here but no but there's dogs it's like okay are they gonna set up any kind of story here well it's just a one-off it's like okay but like they still have some kind of story here it's like, well what let's give them a shovel <laughs> <laughs> yes it is um it could probably be put to like three times speed to the benny hill music though and it might uh, it might actually be a little bit more palatable. Fit in well. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> shorter. <laughs> I mean, probably a lot more digestible because it, it will go from 11 and a half minutes of pure torture to, you know, Four more and than and five. minutes yeah. of, of novel. Okay, this got old three minutes ago. Comedy. So we have a lot of matches coming up and I'm just I'm going to list them out for you here and you guys decide. Let us know. Let us know on Twitter. My Twitter's at this is Goober. You can let me know what you want Sam to watch next. I'm going to just list a couple of these off for you here real fast. Um, the next match. I will gonna... add in the context at least. Yes. That I have no disrespect for wrestling. Um, however, I really do have no understanding of most of the concepts as you may have already ascertained from my, my lack of understanding here. Um, so feel free to use, you know, every, every bit of abandon as far as what you think I should watch. <laughs> so we have uh, coming up next time next week, hopefully, because we're gonna do a bunch of these shows to get us through to the new year. Uh, next week is going to be a more recent match from this year, actually, May 26, 2021 at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, this match took place during the uh, Thunderdome era during the pandemic okay. before they went back live. This is a lumberjack match featuring Damian Priest and The Miz. And the stipulation is not just lumberjack, Sam. They're zombies. Obviously. Zombies. Next one up after that is going to be uh, from WCW Uncensored 1996. Uh, that match took place on Sunday, March 24th, 1996. And that's Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ming, The Barbarian, Lex Luger, Kevin Sullivan, Z Gangsta, and the Ultimate Solution in a Tower of Doom cage match. A two-on-eight cage match. And yes, all at the same time? All at the same time. They actually they go sounds, through like this gauntlet setup. Yeah. That sounds... It's fucking as horrible. good as I'm expecting it to be. Next up after that is going to be from January 14th, 2001. It is the final pay-per-view from WCW before the, the company went belly up. It's Scott Steiner versus Road Warrior Animal, Sid Vicious and Jeff Jarrett. This match There's a is pro wrestler famous. called Sid Vicious. There is. Yes. His Sid Justice, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid. There is a very 
disturbing part of this match, which is why it is so famous. Um, I will I'm just gonna leave it to that. I don't want you to Google it, Sam. I just want you to let it happen. No, I just was curious if it was. It's, it's obviously not the Sid Vicious that I know. Correct. Now that would be somebody being different. Bass player right. from uh, from the Sex Pistols. And after that, we're going to go back to WCW. We're going to go all the way back to October 27th, 1991 at Halloween Havoc. Sting, Rick. I love those. Halloween Havoc's my favorite pay-per-view of all time. Sting, Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner, and El Gigante versus Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader in the Chamber of Horrors match. Brought to you by Snickers. We got a lot of really terrible match. Actually, I think it is brought to you by Snickers. Um, (laughs) So we got a lot of really terrible wrestling coming up, Sam. Or uh, I, uh, I am excited to continue to do this terrible, terrible wrestling. Uh, and this has been another exciting episode of Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. It's funny uh, to say that I look forward to these because they are that bad. Yeah. Like, at the end, but you'd be surprised how many bad things I do genuinely find entertaining. <laughs> this is as the I'm kind looking of- at the Blu-ray collection in front of me. That consists of Plan 9 from Outer Space and The Room. (laughs) You also should understand that while I may not appreciate wrestling, I tend to appreciate things that are done not necessarily poorly, but so bad it's good. Yes. Is like sort of a low-key favorite of mine. I love when I can appreciate things for how bad they are. So they're in a way I do find reasons to appreciate most of these tonight's not so much <laughs> like this is dreadful. I, dreadful I don't know shit i don't know that i can find a silver lining i think the most silver lining i had was as that chain link fence was falling and um if i needed to see that again i could go to a construction site <laughs> there is uh there really i was i'm disappointed that i actually watched that match again cuz i remember watching the pay-per-view live and i just swore i would we would never watch it again and now here we are you know <laughs> 20 some years almost almost 20 20 years later uh yeah so it was pretty fucking terrible we are looking forward to our next round of sam watches bad wrestling poorly uh, Sam, thank you as always for your executive voice and your time sir. No, thank you. <laughs> We'll see you again next week. Peace. Bye. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Butts Carlton, proprietor.